The Guardian. Hello and welcome to the Guardian Focus podcast. I'm Michael White. I'm seated in the House of Commons on a busy working day in Parliament. You can hear MPs scuttling by, some stop to chat, others are rushing off to committees or even into the chamber itself. They're only here because you voted for them. But how that process happens could be about to change. For over a century, electing our MPs has been a case of popping along to a voting booth every four or five years, marking a cross in the column for your favourite candidate. If he or she gets more votes than the others, they've won. This is the so-called first-past-the-post system, otherwise known as simple majority voting. But campaigners, some of them anyway, have long argued that this is inherently unfair, particularly on smaller parties who have sizable support in the country at large, growing these days, but getting little or no representation in Parliament when the election votes are counted. Until the formation of the coalition government last year, these arguments were, except once or twice a century in tight parliamentary situations, broadly academic. We didn't discuss them. But when Nick Clegg led his Lib Dems into office, he did so on the condition that there would be a referendum on the voting system. And so here we are. On May the 5th, Britain will be asked whether or not it wants to keep the current system, first past the post, or move to another one known as the alternative vote, AV. So what is the AV system? Well, funny you should ask, because lurking here in the Palace of Westminster, I've found an expert in these matters, John Rental, uh, chief columnist of The Independent on Sunday. Perhaps John can explain. He usually can. Well, I hope I can do that. Uh, I mean, I do think one of the the worst propaganda uh, outrages of the, of the no to AV campaign is this, is this pretense that AV is complicated. Uh, nothing could be simpler than, uh, than counting from one to three, four or five, depending on how many candidates there are on the, on the ballot paper. I mean, I think if, if, if someone tells me that you are too stupid to be able to rank the candidates on a ballot paper in order of preference using numbers, I would be deeply, deeply insulted. Uh, and that is all there is to uh, AV. That's how AV works. So, can uh, explain it more gently? I should say in passing, I was counting ballot papers myself at the Dublin election, the Irish elections. People do the most amazing things to ballot <laughs> papers. I was really impressed how they can mess it up, something quite so simple. <laughs> Never mind, let that pass. Tell us, uh, you've got, let's say, five candidates. You're in the booth. Yes, I mean, you can, you, you can just express a preference for one candidate if you want. You write one by the candidate you like. If you want to express further preferences, you write two by your second preference. If you have a third preference, you write three, and so on, as far as you and, like. And then what happens when the votes are counted? Well, it's not rocket science. It is very, very simple. You count up all the first preferences. If someone has, uh, has a majority, if someone has more than 50% of the votes cast, then they're elected. If, if not, you eliminate... Uh, the candidate with the lowest number of, of first preferences and you transfer their ballots if they express a preference to the other candidates and you go on until someone has a majority. It's, it is not difficult, it is not complex, it is not uh, not hard to understand. Okay, we've, got you, we've got your general point there. I take it from this you're probably in favour of this AV voting. Would I be right? I am. I think, I think AV is is, is a significant advance that puts more power in the hands of voters. It allows you to express uh, preferences between, uh, between a range of, of candidates instead of having to guess at how other people might vote in your constituency. 
the Cindy's John rental there. Well, you may be persuaded by that, or you may not. That's the point. Martin Wainwright, the Guardian's North of England editor, has been asking voters which way they'll vote. Are you an enthusiast or, or the opposite? Um, I'm an enthusiast, actually. Um, I think it's about time that we di diversify our political system. I think I'm tired of having the same two political parties in power all the time. And I think we need to give a chance to the smaller parties to have their views aired more often. Um, I'm not. I think it would be a step backwards. I think mainly in light of what's happened with the coalition. I think anything that's more likely to result in coalitions being formed is actually anti-democratic. I understand that with the alternative vote system, smaller parties would have a greater representation. But I think if the overall conclusion of that is politicians choosing the character of a government, I think you can see voters being portrayed like you have with Lib Dems and the students. I've just come to get some more opinions. A tweet-up at Bramley Bars in Leeds. Bramley Bars is an old but very nice swimming pool which is having its hours reduced under the cuts. And so there's a lot of concern here about that. And, and I've got a gentleman here. I don't know your name, actually. But it's David. David. What's the what's second name, David? Bennett. And how old are you and what do you do? I'm 37 and I'm a baker from baker. Bramley. Yeah. Very good. Good. And th this idea of changing the voting system, is it something that you think is, you know, would be a good thing? I mean, are, are there more important things to go on at the minute? Yeah, I think it's a fairer thing because uh, it's a fairer system because maybe you have a couple of policies from different candidates that you may agree with both the, the policies. But if you're only going to vote for one, the second policy is just going to fall by the wayside. Whereas if this system came in, the, your second vote, the one that you preferred secondly, would actually count. Yeah. So it's not such such a black and white system. I'm sort of anti, probably for different reasons to why this are, a lot of people are anti, but I think if you're going to replace the system, it's not the best system to replace it with. And also it's not the time to be spending millions of pounds on a referendum when there's economic troubles. Yes, do you think that, I noticed the posters of the anti people are saying, they've got things like a soldier in Afghanistan and saying, you know, does it matter really? I mean, is that a fair way of arguing? Because you could, you could equally put it the other way around and say, well, does it matter having first past the post? But they are running quite, I suppose, emotive campaign, which might be a bit strong. But again, I think it is a bit of a waste of money and there hasn't been enough consultation. And there's stuff in the same bill as well about reducing the number of constituencies that's getting overlooked. So I just don't think it's the right time and there hasn't been enough discussion about it. A range of views there, uh, but no real agreement. And that's the story across the whole country. Even the pollsters are baffled. The president of YouGov, no less, is Peter Kellner. Uh, what the other pollsters do is ask the referendum question, which is has a lot of sense to it. What we at YouGov do is we give a brief description of what the alternative vote is and then say, do you want to uh, move to the alternative vote or stay with first past the post? And the reason we do this is that we found that a huge number of people probably still a majority of the public, don't understand the alternative vote or aren't, aren't sure about what it means. And therefore, when you're asking them uh, a referendum question now, I think a lot of people at some subconscious level are responding with, to, the que to the to the question, do you want to keep the present system or do you want something better? And that's why you get a yes majority. And we mostly get a no majority uh, to our question. What is interesting, some of the other pollsters, um, populists and comrades, have done uh, more elaborate exercises in which they uh, ask a number of questions about uh, voting systems and then ask the referendum question and when they do it that way they get similar results to us in other words the more people know about AV the less they seem to like it because what tends to happen in referendums around the world 
is that when you when a country is divided on an issue, as a referendum day approaches, the status quo becomes more and more attractive. It happened in Scotland in 1979 over devolution. It happened in Australia a dozen years ago over the monarchy. It happened in Spain in the 1980s over, over NATO, um, and so on. One could cite other examples. Um, and I think the same is likely to happen this time. And at the moment... The only way the yes camp can win, in my view, is if there's a really, really strong campaign by Ed Miliband to say to Labour voters, as Labour voters, you should vote yes. Political pundit and YouGov president Peter Kellner. So, how are the party leaders lining up? Well, if you've been following the debate, and chances are you haven't, you'll already know. Labour's Ed Miliband has been clear in his support for AV as a matter of principle, not of party advantage calculation. The case for AV is fundamentally a case for political change. If people are happy with politics as usual, then they should vote no. But if not, they should vote yes, because AV is a step in the right direction, not a panacea, but a step in the right direction for changing politics as usual. And don't forget, a referendum on AV was in Gordon Brown's last desperate manifesto before last year's election. So there's a bit of consistency in Labour there too, though the party is divided. All parties are divided. But despite initiating the referendum we're actually going to have, Lib Dem leader Nick Clegg has so far played a limited role in the Yes campaign. I wonder why. First past the post is not working. It is out of date and, is it, and it is at the heart of so many of the reasons that people don't in, engage in or care about politics. Under the alternative vote, there need never be another wasted vote. That means you can use your vote positively. It means you can feel confident voting for the person or party you want to win and not to have to think tactically about who can win. The only major party leader campaigning for a no is, of course, David Cameron. For me, there are three big problems with AV. One, it would lead to outcomes that are unfair. Two, it is a voting system that is completely unclear. And three, it means a political system that is unaccountable. It can mean someone who's not really wanted by anyone winning an election because they were the least unliked. It could mean that those who are courageous and brave and may not believe or say things that everyone agrees with, those people would be pushed out of politics and those who are boring and least controversial sort of limp over the victory line. But even here there's a suspicion that he's soft-pedalling a bit out of courtesy to his uh, weekday partner in crime and coalition. Nick Clegg, of course. Some Tories are cross about that too. I think it's fair to say that even with the interventions of the party leaders, this referendum has not caught the imagination of the public. Gosh, you can say that again. Perhaps the whole campaign needs a bit of stardust. I caught up with that long in the tooth but lovable pop star Billy Bragg, uh, amateur constitutional reformer who's backing the Yes campaign. Right, Billy Bag, you're a notorious troublemaker. Why have you decided to join this campaign and cause more trouble? Uh, well, because in the last general election, in order to express my preference, which was the Conservatives shouldn't win in West Dorset, I had to vote tactically for the Liberal Democrats, and we all know how that turned out. 
This is Oliver Letwin's seat in Dorset. He's, uh, that's not a very particularly safe seat, is it, West it's not. A, it's not one of those seats where he has uh, over 50%, but it, the Tories have won there every single year. Dorset is very, very Tory. They had hopes of, um, of getting Letwin. They did. The Liberal Democrats were bigging him up as the alternative. You know, all you Labour voters who, you know, the 10% of people who vote Labour vote for us and, to, you know, on the figures we could beat Letwin. So they sold uh, the tactical vote very, very hard. And then, of course, you know, so much disappointment with the uh, Clegg joined the coalition. OK, you've taken on this task. Uh, how do you get people interested in it? It's all a bit abstract for many people. It's all a bit theoretical, isn't it? It's worse than that. If it was theoretical, I might have a chance. On the way down here on the tube, on the Jubilee line, some geezer got on at, uh, at Green Park and suddenly stood up and said, I want to tell you the good news about our Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone, the woman next to me put her hands in her ears. Everyone was like behind their papers. And I thought to myself, what if I stood up now and said, I'm here to tell you the good news about AV. I would probably get exactly the same result. That's how interested people yeah, are. But you're a better professional than, than the guy um, uh, selling the, the word of the Lord. You'll do it better. Come on, you'll bring a guitar for one no, thing. No, I won't bring a guitar. It is ultimately about... you off the train for busking. Uh, they would indeed. But I mean, you've got, we have the internet. We have many tools that we didn't used to have. We have the internet to engage with both the doubters who say no and those who would want more, more kind of proportional representation. So we will utilise that. And I think that, um, you know, public debates about these issues are always good. I'm taking part in a few of those. If we can convince people it's about making our, our uh, democracy work better and our MPs work harder, I think that people will feel that they've been let down last time a bit by democracy. They might well engage. The inimitable Billy Bragg there. So... What about MPs themselves? Let's ask a few as they rattle through Portcullis House, minding their own business. And here's just the fellow to start us off, Andrew George, Lib Dem MP for My Native Patch, St Ives in Cornwall. Andrew, the Lib Dems wanted this referendum. You'll be better be voting yes, then. Yeah, am I in favour of it? Of course. Do I think it's the most wonderful voting system on earth? No. Is there one? Probably not, no. You're assuming... Perhaps the AV referendum is going to carry on May the 5th. What so, if it doesn't? Uh, well, I mean, of course, it's certain to get through. Uh, but let's say in the unlikely, uh, I mean, in, in, the, uh, in the extremely unlikely uh, event, would, a, would, would uh, a failure of the referendum cause some major kind of earthquake? No, it won't. Um, uh, no worries about that, because for me, it's, it's not the most important thing in, in politics. Now there's a thing, I'm standing in Portcullis House at Westminster on a Wednesday afternoon. I have in my hand big uh, Labour No to AV advert in The Guardian of the Day, uh, running down looking for MPs on the No side, bump into an MP whose name isn't there, and he says, well actually I belong to a significant minority that don't cares. And I say, oh that's very interesting. And he starts to explain his reasoning. I say, will you give us an interview for the Guardian podcast? Oh no, he says, um, I'm actually down on the Yes campaign and I'd be in terrible trouble if I gave a can't make up my mind, don't care interview to the Guardian. So off he scuffled. David Blunkett, you're on the Guardian's no to AV list. Why? Because I believe that we should have one vote per voter. And the one vote per voter means that you cast your vote the way you believe and if your candidate doesn't get sufficient votes to uh, actually win the election that's the end of it whereas with uh, AV uh, some people get two or three votes which count exactly the same weighted the same as someone else's first preference uh, but the rest of us don't so if you vote Labour in a 
or Conservative in a Labour Conservative contest, you only get one vote. If you that, vote that, for the BMP, UKIP, the Greens, whatever, you get two votes or even three votes. But that argument worked when 95% of people voted Labour or Conservatives. They did in the Sheffield of your youth, but uh, they don't anymore. And some people say uh, we need more diversity, more cho choice to reflect a more diverse society, less homogenous, uh, uh, class-based society. We do, but there are very many more marginals in 2010 than we'd, we'd seen in 97. 2001 for the very reason that uh, uh, the, there was a greater contest, there wasn't a, a shoe-in for any one party and that's why a Green got elected in Brighton because she could get actually more people than any other party uh, to vote for her. Liz Kendall, Labour MP for Leicester West, uh, you're a keen AV person, why? Two reasons, firstly because I think allowing people to give more than one preference gives them more of a say. I think in lots of walks of life, particularly in politics, you don't completely agree with one person. You might like to see someone else get in if your first preference doesn't get in. So that's the first reason. And the second reason is I think that it will make us politicians work harder to get people's seconds preferences. And members like myself, who, you know, I don't have more than 50% support of the electorate... Have? Uh, less than 50% support of the electorate and I hope that by having an AV system I don't know the exact yeah. figure, sorry, sorry uh, Mr White but uh, it will but make... But you would under AV, you'd have to know I, I would have to know and I'd have to work hard to support people's, get people's second preferences and reach out to a wider group of people Now, here comes a complicated figure, I never quite know his uh, views on things Rory Stewart is Tory MP for Penrith and the Borders uh, he was former assistant governor, deputy governor of uh, an Iraqi allied-occupied province. He's done all sorts of things. He's been a diplomat and heaven knows what else. Some people say he's been a spy. But let's keep it simple here. Rory Stewart, why are you voting no? Because I think it increases the chance of a coalition and because I think Britain has been reasonably well served by its parliament for most of the last 150 years. And I'm a conservative. I'm doubtful about the necessity for change and I'm far from convinced that an AV system is going to make us have a more effective, credible and legitimate body. Tom Watson, Labour MP for West Brom. West Bromwich East, yep. They always make the difference between East and West. Now, you used to be a first-past-the-post traditionalist and a couple of years ago you changed. That's the voting uh, bell we can hear in the background. Uh, you changed. Why? Yeah. Well, look, firstly, I'm probably still a signatory on the campaign for the Labour campaign for uh, First Past the Post um, checkbox. So uh, I, I was very strongly in favour of First Past the Post. But I came to the decision that AV was the right compromise after the expenses scandal when I thought the moral authority of Parliament had completely evaporated. And this system allows an MP to at least say 50% of my constituents have elected me. And the reason the AV system works for me is it also keeps the geographic link with the constituency, which I think is vital for, for keeping MPs' feet on the ground as best they can. Um, so I think it's, a, it's a, a compromise and it will help restore the authority of Parliament. And you wouldn't go further, as some would go, to saying it would only be better if we had STV or um, uh, AV Plus, somebody said a moment ago to us. Mm, I, I thought about those systems and I think that they put too much power into hands of party apparatchiks and there's already too much power. As a former party apparatchik myself, I can tell you this. Former? Did you get that? <laughs> former. <laughs> um, and I'm going to risk the wrath of uh, my good friends like John Speller by saying what I did think was what I would have 
pledged had Labour won the election and what I think should happen now is we should give the electorate the choice. I think it's a pretty unfair choice to give them first past the post or AV. They should really be given a purer form of PR on the ballot paper as well but obviously that will create civil war in all three political parties and isn't going to happen but um, I think if we've been fair about it that would be what we should do. Peter Love, Conservative MP for Worcester and uh, what we call a veteran in this place. <laughs> Which way are you going on this one? I'm a no. Uh, I really don't see the case for giving the vote, those who vote for minority parties a greater influence in the democratic process and those who vote for the mainstream parties. That's what AV does. You're not a, a sort of zealous temperament. Do you feel this strongly or are you a bit sort of doesn't matter too much either way? I don't think it's the most important issue facing the country. It's certainly one that very few of my constituents written to about, except one or two Liberal Democrat zealots in the subject. But as we've got the referendum, I'll be voting no. And... Um, for the coalition, uh, does it matter the cohesion of the coalition, whichever way it goes, or can Nick Clegg and uh, David Cameron ride this out because they get on well? Oh, there's the rub from the sleep of death. Who knows what dreams may come? Thank you. Gosh, I think that was Hamlet. Didn't know he was a Tory voter. Now, as this referendum draws closer, the campaigns start to get a little bad-tempered. Each side is claiming that their system is fairer, and both have accused the other side of putting out myths and half-truths. In my experience, both are correct. So we asked Julian Glover of The Guardian, who knows about these things, to do a bit of fact-checking on some of the claims we've just heard MPs make. Over to you, Julian. Well, let's take the first claim that electoral reform, particularly AV, will lead to permanent coalition government, that effectively Nick Clegg will be president for life, deciding who runs Britain. Well, the truth is we don't know that. It depends how people vote. All elections go back to the voters. If people in Britain choose to split their votes between many, many parties rather than just one or two big ones, then you will get coalitions. But that also would happen under first-past-the-post. And of course, don't forget, we did have a coalition under first-past-the-post. AV doesn't automatically produce them. So that claim, I think, is untrue. One of the things that people who want AV are trying to persuade the public is if you hate politicians, you've got to have AV because it's a sort of anti-political class thing. You're going to force MPs to work harder. You're going to get them really scared of the electorate. You can get people out of their safe seats. And I'm afraid this is all baloney. Um, MPs anyway work very hard and, and, and privately they're all groaning at the kind of claims coming out from, from the yes camp that they're going to have to work even harder. Um, we don't want hard-working MPs, we just want better MPs. Um, it won't make any difference to safe seats. You need half the vote, theoretically, under AV to win your seat, although there's some complex reasons why that isn't quite the case. Um, in the end, in safe seats, most people will get half the vote you won't lose. AV has the biggest effect on marginal seats, not on safe seats. Um, and those tended to be the seats where MPs perhaps weren't as, 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 as deep into the expense scandal and certainly were more punished for it. So in the end, if you want cleaner and better politics, you might think AV will improve the quality of MPs, you might think it will give you a bigger choice of MP, but it won't actually make them work harder or, 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 or get the people in safe seats out. One of the claims people use, both for and against AV, and they both can't both be true. One is that it'll produce a kind of merge to the middle, that everybody needs half the vote to win, so the blandest character is going to get, get elected. And the other is that AV will be good for the BNP and the extremists will win because they can pick votes up everywhere. In the end, it isn't good for extremists. Extremists are most likely to win in first-past-the-post seats where they have several candidates and they can get a, a minority of the vote, but just a bit more than anyone else. Under AV, they're unlikely to get the extra votes across the board they need to win. 
But it isn't true either that you need half the vote. You can just vote for one party if you want. You don't have to write all the numbers down the ticket. And that does mean that in practical terms, it won't always be the case that you get half the electorate supporting somebody. Indeed, if the electorate behaved as they as they do at the moment and just all voted for one candidate, AV would make no difference at all. That won't be the case. Some people will, will use their, their second and third preference options, but it won't be universal. Tactical voting is one of those things that really makes your head hurt. Um, do you back somebody that you don't really like because you dislike somebody else even more? And we certainly had a lot of that at the last election, and perhaps in another way round we'll get it at the next one, maybe against Lib Dems if you don't like them, before they benefited from tactical voting. The claim is that under AV, you can vote for the party you like the most, and then you can vote for the party that you really think is going to win as well. And, and there's some truth to that. It isn't totally true that it's sensible always to vote in the order of, of preferences for parties you have personally rather than the order you'd like them to win. Um, sometimes it's better still to support a party you like a bit, high up the ticket rather than your favourite. But it does mean, for instance, that if you like the Green Party, but you don't think they've got a chance locally, you can put the Greens first, then you could put the party you wanted second, second, if that was the one you really thought was going to win. Say you wanted a, a Labour MP more than a Tory, but you actually wanted to vote Green, you could go Green first, Labour second, and don't need to vote Tory at all. And that way you'll give the Greens a bit of support, but you'll get the Labour MP rather than the Tory. The Guardian's Julian Glover there. Well, we're almost at the end of this exploration, though not of the campaign, you may be sorry to hear. And you're probably starting to tire of all this theory about AV. I know I am. I genuinely haven't yet made up my mind on this one. I'm torn. I can see both arguments. What about the possible impact on election night itself? A hallowed occasion. Would AV mean longer counts? Even longer Dimbleby family broadcast marathons? And an end to having a result on the night? Tim, suit for Marseille is a journalist and author in Melbourne for the Australian newspaper where AV is used in national elections. One of only three countries in the world, Fiji I think is another, so the no campaign persists in reminding us I think Papua New Guinea is the third. Will they sink no lower than that? I asked Tim if AV takes all the excitement out of election counts. Well the most recent election here in Australia is perhaps strong evidence to the contrary. Uh, of course, we didn't have a result from the 2010 election for uh, two weeks. Uh, so the drama was uh, well and truly extended uh, beyond election night itself. Uh, what usually happens with Australian uh, elections is that we get a, a provisional uh, result across the seats and there is a clear winner uh, on the night uh, on most occasions. So while there isn't a full and definitive count on the election night itself, there usually is a provisional winner declared in the vast majority of seats. Uh, but the, the, count, the full result usually is announced 10 to 14 uh, days after the uh, election day itself. Uh, but as the 2010 experience uh, showed us with the uh, Hong Parliament, uh, result, sometimes not getting the result on the same day can heighten the drama rather than reduce it. Well, no surprise there then. It doesn't take the excitement out of it. Fact of the matter is, if you like politics, it's a bit like if you like horse racing 
or the Premiership. Even when it's dull, it's fascinating to them as care about it. What does it mean if the country votes yes on May the 5th? What does it mean for Nick Clegg, the obvious man who has with most to lose or gain? Big sigh of relief. Uh, he's given quite a lot for this coalition uh, agreement, given up quite a lot. His own party is restless in all sorts of ways, uh, most dramatically in the past few weeks on um, uh, health policy. So if he gets AV, he'll be able to say to his party, look, we've made an important break. We've finally got the stranglehold of first-past-the-post voting at Westminster broken which the Liberal Party, the old Liberal Party, has been fighting for since the 1910s or 20s. Well, what does a yes vote mean to David Cameron? Um, it's a bit of an embarrassment. I suppose he can flip the argument and say, well, it's the price we've paid for keeping a stable, conservative-dominated coalition on the road at this critical time. AV's not such a, a big change, he'll be able to say. Uh, it may even produce a bigger landslide for us when uh, the Liberals get blamed for the pain and we get the credit for the success, if there is success. Ed Miliband, well, if there's a yes vote, Miliband will be able to say this is a chance for the progressive majority in Britain uh, which exists. We know that because uh, the Lib Dems take 15 or 20 percent of the vote now. The Tories never get more than 40 percent. There is a natural majority here for the progressive left, the progressive centre-left, and uh, I've done the right thing. I've taken a gamble uh, and it's worked. Well, that's all fine and dandy. Politicians can talk their way out of any tight corner, uh, can't they? What if it goes no? I haven't made up my mind which way this one's going to go, but in the last few days, I have to say, I've been edging towards the suspicion that the voters aren't uh, either in a kind enough mood towards Nick Clegg uh, to vote yes in principle or to be bothered to vote at all. And if they go out, chances are they'll want to uh, inflict some pain on the Lib Dems. Uh, so uh, Nick Clegg would be the obvious loser uh, uh, from a no. All the arguments go into reverse. Uh, he's given an awful lot to sustain the coalition and he hasn't uh, managed to break the stranglehold of first-past-the-post. I suppose you would say, well, <clears throat> we did pretty well. We've got the issue up and running. Many people, including me, thought AV was a, quotes, his own quotes, miserable little compromise, close quotes. So um, we'll have our old friend in politics one last push try and get a proper referendum next time in which all the choices are, uh, are given for voters to choose from i'm not sure this is a good idea myself says mike white no for david cameron ha 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 he's the cat who's got the cream he's got the uh, lib dem votes in his back pocket for the foreseeable future uh, touch wood uh, and he's managed to um, fight off uh, av and do it without offending Clegg, and that's quite important. As for Ed Miliband, he'll say, well, we fought and we lost, uh, and we can fight again. I did what I thought was right. Not for short-term tactical party advantage. Uh, that's uncertain. When you change the voting system, you never know how it's going to go. I thought it was right. It's what Labour committed to, a referendum, before the last election, and uh, we've done it, and we've lost. The people have spoken. Or as an American politician once put it, just after he'd lost an election, the people have spoken. The bastards. 
So that's all we've got time for. Uh, time for you to make up your mind and me to make up mine, incidentally. Very rare in my political career as a journalist in Westminster. I'm not sure which way to go on this one. May the 5th is the date. Uh, that's all from us. Phil Maynard was the producer. Vote early and vote often. For more great downloads, go to guardian.co.uk forward slash audio.